You are listening to the Corona Diaries, brought to you by Allegra. For more information, please visit allegralaboratory.net. Hi, I'm Justin Spike, an independent journalist living and working in Budapest, Hungary. It's Thursday, March 26th, 15 days after a state of emergency was declared here in Hungary. Uh, Budapest is mostly emptied out. Bars and non-essential shops are all closed. Restaurants and coffee shops can only stay open until 3 p.m. Only grocery stores and pharmacies are authorized to keep normal business hours. The city, which is normally overrun with tourists, is now under an eerie pall of silence. The country's borders are sealed, and only Hungarian citizens and permanent residents are being allowed to enter the country. At first, people carried on with their normal routines, even after the emergency declaration. But by now, the people you do see on the streets are mostly wearing masks. And it seems like everyone is keeping their distance from one another, as they should, I suppose. An uneasiness permeates the air. Not a lot of laughter is heard, at least in my neighborhood. That said, despite the unsettling feeling of fear and bubbling uncertainty, people here have mostly kept their heads in the face of these truly unusual and troubling times. There haven't been major runs on the stores, food is still easy to access, and in many ways the city has regained some of its previous charm. A walk down the street in the 7th District, which has become a European party hub in recent years, reminds me of times a decade past when the city still felt like it belonged to the people who live here. The air seems a little cleaner, things are quieter, there's almost no one on public transportation, which tends to get heavily overcrowded. Vehicle traffic on weekdays is down to levels below the average Sunday, and the sudden collapse of tourist traffic has forced owners of Airbnb properties to put them back up on the rental market, drawing prices back down where they belong. But I don't want to romanticize the situation too much. People are dying, and many more seem certain to follow. As of today, 261 cases of the virus are confirmed in Hungary, and 10 people have died. This ratio is significantly higher here than in other European countries. In fact, it's the seventh worst on the continent, perhaps due to the state of the healthcare system here, which has been severely neglected by current and former governments alike. It could also be due to the fact that few tests are being administered, making it seem inevitable that numbers will surge in coming weeks. Reports come out on a daily basis that healthcare workers lack the equipment they require, especially masks that can protect them from infected patients. Just two days ago, a 37-year-old deputy ambassador to Hungary from the United Kingdom died in Budapest after contracting coronavirus. He was known by all as an incredibly friendly, dedicated, and good-hearted person, and he had even managed to learn to speak Hungarian proficiently, which I can say with good authority is not an easy task. Only 37 years old, two years older than me. Messages coming from governments around the world, including the government here, that this pandemic is dangerous primarily to the elderly, seem to be losing their credibility after more and more stories of young, healthy people losing their lives reach the presses. There's no mandatory curfew here yet, but people do seem mostly to be following the advice to stay home whenever possible. Not everyone, though. Two days ago, I watched from my balcony as five teenagers were arrested by police for stealing a car probably out of boredom from sitting at home all week after school classes were canceled. One of the cops asked the kids, why aren't you idiots in school? 
To which one replied, well, uh, it's canceled, you know, because of coronavirus. The car, which the teenage driver had run up onto the sidewalk as he tried to evade the cops, is still sitting there, half on the curb and half off, tilted at a wild angle that serves as a daily reminder to me that things are not quite normal. And things are not normal. As with governments around the world, the Hungarian government is taking measures to contain the virus and maintain public order, while also trying to shore up the economy, which seems certain to take a hit unseen in decades. To that end, the government has deployed the military to monitor and coordinate the operations of almost 200 businesses in Hungary, mostly public utility providers, financial institutions, and the like, but also commercial grocery retailers. Having the military coordinating my grocery shopping isn't something I ever envisioned, pessimistic as I am about the future of civilization, but here we are. And it gets worse. Uh, there's a bill which is likely to be passed next Tuesday, which will grant the government the power to rule by decree for an indefinite period of time. That means Parliament will have no say in the emergency decrees declared by the government. Punishments of up to five years in prison can be handed out for spreading false or distorted information regarding the crisis or information that could alarm the public. And since it's up to the government to decide what falls under the broad language of the law, it makes independent journalists like me feel even more at risk in a country which doesn't have a sterling record on press freedom. These measures will be in effect until the end of the state of emergency, and since the government decides when that time should be, it also decides for how long it has the power to rule by decree. But I have seen some signs of solidarity during this crisis, sometimes from places I would never have expected. After tourism dropped to zero in Budapest, a group of hundreds of landlords that rent out flats on Airbnb got together and decided to provide their empty properties to healthcare workers that, that uh, come into direct contact with coronavirus patient, patients. Their aim was to make sure that those healthcare workers wouldn't have to worry about taking the virus home to their families. The city of Budapest has also opened up dozens of empty flats to house homeless people during the crisis. Another one of those extraordinary measures governments are taking to provide for the public welfare that they should have been doing all along and should continue doing after this crisis is over. For my part, I'm taking the trash out for my elderly neighbor, Arginani, whenever she asks. In fact, I should go over there now to ask if she needs anything brought over, but I had a bit of a fever yesterday. Unlike anyone who's woken up with a scratchy throat or a runny nose lately, I'm wondering if I might be the first American case of coronavirus in Hungary. Assuming I keep healthy, I plan to stay here in Budapest and keep working and reporting on coronavirus, which is about the only thing in the news cycle anymore. I had previously planned a trip in May to visit my family in Texas, but it seems almost certain that I'll have to call it off. I was also set to go on tour with my band to France, Switzerland, and Germany, and Austria, but that too has been cancelled, plus a lot of other concerts. I have to admit that at times I felt an odd sense of relief, that for the first time since I can remember, I can stay at home without feeling guilty for missing out on something going on outside. Coronavirus is weirdly liberating for those of us with FOMO. But I've also been missing the feeling of being close to friends and family, spending carefree moments in conversation, not worrying whether someone accidentally spits on me as they talk, shaking hands vigorously, giving and receiving hugs. I find myself wondering whether this is how a dystopic future begins, where all those things are but quaint memories from the distant past, things we used to do before it all changed. 
or I wonder whether this crisis will give an opportunity for tyrants around the world to further tighten their grips on our societies and for profiteers to exploit our greatest needs for cash. I find myself thinking that the world will find when the pandemic is finally over won't be the one we remember leaving when we went into quarantine. How it ends up looking, as always, will depend on what we do to push it in the right direction. Hold up in my little flat in Budapest, it feels like there's so little that I can do to influence something this big. But I'm hoping that if we keep writing, keep talking, keep organizing and sharing our stories and our visions, we can contribute to what the post-pandemic world looks like. <laughs>